At Urban Farm Podcast, we are all about education, and April is Foliar Feeding Month. Have you heard of it? It is a super simple application of spraying liquid organic fertilizer on your trees and garden plants. The leaves, branches, and trunks are incredible at absorbing nutrients. And if your soil isn't great or your pH is off, foliar feeding is a quick and long-lasting fix to get your plants the nutrients they need. Want to learn more? Join us for our free online webinar on how to apply this amazing process to your gardens and fruit trees. Visit urbanfarm.org to sign up. That's urbanfarm.org. Do you want to save money at the grocery store? Eat more organic, whole foods? Cultivate food security and feel more connected to the earth? If so, then growing your own food is a no-brainer. You wouldn't believe how many people come to me claiming that they can't grow their own food. They think they don't have enough space, that they're too busy, or that they simply don't have what it takes. Perhaps you've fallen for one of these gardening myths. If you think you can't grow food, or if you think the only food that you have access to is what you buy in the grocery store, I have a life-changing webinar that you need to see. It's free and will help you unearth your inner gardener. I've helped thousands of people just like you learn to grow their own food and I'm speaking from my own experience when I say that with the right knowledge in place, there is no such thing as a black thumb. With this webinar, you can begin making your garden dreams come true and start growing delicious, nutritious food for your family. Just text GARDEN to 44222 or go to IWantToGarden.com and you will receive our free webinar about the seven key factors you need to know to grow your own food. Remember, that's GARDEN to 44222 or IWantToGarden.com. You're listening to the Urban Farm Podcast, your partner in the Grow Your Own Food revolution. Whether you've just been introduced to urban farming or you're a lifelong advocate, we're sure you'll leave feeling more informed, equipped, and empowered to dig deeper into the soil of your local food economy. With you every step of the way, here's your host, Greg Peterson. Today on the Urban Farm Podcast, we have author Carrie Allison Wekalo to talk about her experience with teaching kids in an entertaining way to eat fruits and vegetables and live a healthy lifestyle. Carrie is the founder and visionary of Zendaway and serves as the director of human resources and operations for Actualized Consulting, in which she spearheaded and runs a successful wellness program. In addition to wellness and leadership articles, Carrie has authored Audrey's Journey, a children's book series focused on living with compassion and joy. She also wrote the Pile of Smile activity book to give away free to children undergoing cancer treatments and if it does not grow, say no to teach kids about having fun with nutrition. Welcome to the show today, Carrie. Thanks, Greg. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So I shared a bit about you. Can you fill in the blanks for us and share more about the path you took to get where you're at now? I would love to. So it started when, as where I grew up, I grew up in the Shenandoah Valley in Virginia. Wow. I grew up on an Angus farm and lived on a, it was about a hundred acre farm and my grandmother had a large garden. We had walnut trees. We had um, grapevines. So lots of different fruits and vegetables around. And then my babysitter also had a beautiful garden as well as a dairy farm. Mm, so I grew oh, nice. up with 
lots of organic abundance around me. So uh-huh. I naturally was making really good choices. So I had a beautiful um, upbringing. Then I uh-huh. go to college, moved to Northern Virginia after that, started my, my career in consulting. And you're, I was traveling a lot and got very busy. So I still always gravitated to a healthy choices, but it got harder and harder for me. Mm-hmm. Um, then I had two kids and I really made a decision that I wanted to focus very much on giving my kids that same type of upbringing where they were always exposed and going towards more of the healthy choices. Uh So that's when I decided to write the book to kind of help facilitate that. Nice. So you've written several books. Tell us about them, would you? Sure. I always tend to write books to go along with things that I'm doing working with kids. So I, I teach mm-hmm. I teach yoga to kids I have for the last oh, five nice. years. And I really wanted to, you know, put my own mark on it with my kids. And so Audrey is my daughter, so that's why it's uh, Audrey's journey. Nice. And when they were littler, uh-huh. so you, you'll see my progression of the books is when they, so this th- that age range is about, you know, three to six um, years old. And it's, uh-huh. there's one wheels on the bus and it's just going through the song of a wheels on the bus to yoga poses. And, and the way that that came about was because one day I forgot my music and the kids were like, sing, Miss Carrie, sing. And I was like, <laughs> ah, <laughs> so I, I, I I just, you know, improv. Uh-huh. So I was like, let's do a book. And then I, there's one that's playful namaste. It's just a little poem. And again, all characters from the classes that I was teaching. So not only was it a good tool for me, I was able to create these books and share them in the classes with the kids that I was teaching, using them as characters. Uh-huh. Um, and what I've found is that the kids, that really inspired them um, oh, on yes, a deeper level. Uh-huh. And then the Pile of Smile book is, I'm very, you know, passionate about kids in general. And Mm -hmm. this one I wanted to give back. So I give it away for free to kids undergoing cancer treatment. Um, And it's give it away to different facilities. And so the kids will have something that they can do while they're undergoing treatment because they're limited in what they actually can be exposed to during that time. Wow. Good for you. So if it does not grow, just say no. What inspired you to write that book? My kids, mainly. (laughs) I was, my daughter is really good about fruits and vegetables. My Uh son, not so much. He's eight. And I was constantly struggling with him. And I just decided that I needed to do a better job as a parent. Mm -hmm. And what could I do? So I started researching, you know, what different activities could I do with my kids and what books were out there. And I love activities. And I think, you know, kids learn from doing. Mm -hmm. And um, there wasn't, there wasn't anything that met my needs. So I was like, you know what, I'll just write it. (laughs) (laughs) And so that's, that's really what, 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 where the decision came from. Right. Wow. Okay. Tell us about the book. Sure. So it really goes through, it's educating kids on nutrition. And there's not a ton of that because I, you know, I didn't Mm. want, I wanted it to be more about exposing them to filling things out. Right. Um, So like, for instance, there's an activity, Are You Brave? And it's a maze. Kids love mazes. It was actually one of my son's ideas for the book. But, you know, are you brave? And then if you say yes, then you try a new fruit and vegetable. Um, I also have different activities in there where, you know, they're trying a piece of, you know, trying a fruit or vegetable, but 
you're just asking them, what did it taste like? What did it feel like? What did it feel like when you touched it versus when you tasted it? And then did you like it? Mm -hmm. So really empowering them to make their own choices um, versus pushing them to saying, you have to eat, you have to eat this broccoli or you have to eat this asparagus. Right. So it's really a book to inspire young people to eat vegetables and fruit. Yeah, and and on their own terms, and I really feel like it's a, it's a great tool for parents to use with their children. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like you can just give the kid the book and they're going to be like, yo, yay! Oh, right. It's really a, more of an interactive tool with the parent and the kids, or you know, larger group activities as well. Te- you know, te- teachers of all sorts as well. Perfect. So my listeners out there right now don't have a picture of what this book looks like because they're probably listening on their iPhone or on their Android device. Tell us what the book looks like and the characters in the book. So the book, the care, so we actually used real pictures in the book of different fruits and vegetables. Okay. Um, and my dad actually took all the pictures in the book. He's a photographer. Oh, nice. Uh, so that was very exciting. The cover um, is beautiful. It has just a stack of fruit. So, you know, for instance, if I have a recipe on fruit kebabs, there's a picture of a fruit kebab. Oh, if yes. there's a pic, if I'm saying make an act, you know, make a picture out of your food using your food, then there's a picture of that. Like, for instance, we oh, yeah. have a piece of toast with um, a smiley face in the book right wow cool so it's almost a recipe book maybe um it has it has very simple recipes in Uh it it has simple facts in it so for instance you know educating them on how much water is in fruit because i I think a lot of times kids feel like they have to drink so much water but fruit can also mm-hmm. um, play a big role in that as well and I and I in working with kids just giving that them those types of tip you know yeah. the why and then you know how do you feel with when you eat too much sugar so even taking them through exercises like that yeah when and it's even a recipe so this is just coming to me as we're speaking it's even a recipe to get people get young people to eat eat their you know eat their vegetables mm-hmm. so you're, you're kind of mixing the two together I'm, I'm, exactly yeah yeah i'm not exactly. doing a really good job of articulating this but i'm i'm starting to see a this you know this wonderful mix of you know recipes for food and recipes for how to get your kids to eat exactly and wow. just activities so one one of my favorite uh-huh tell um, us act- activities in the book is is making they kind of in the book it progresses like you're going to um there's a chart it says what what fruits and vegetables do you like and they Mm. can just circle them Mm. and then the next Mm -hmm. page is you know it gives all the colors of the rainbow and then it say it asks you to list each fruit and vegetable in you know in those color from a color perspective and then the next page i say if you had if you were going to make a rainbow meal what who, you know, oh. what would you have? And you have to, the whole idea of it is for you to create a meal using every color of the rainbow and then inviting, and then who would you invite to that rainbow meal? Uh-huh. And one of the things I did at my class is we actually did all of that and then we actually made the invitations. Oh, so they nice. Could, and then I encouraged the parents, like, would be great if you could do this rainbow meal with your kids. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Mm-hmm. So what involvement did your kids have in writing the book? 
So my daughter um, is 10 and she is very creative and, and a really good artist. So she helped on the layout Ooh. of the book quite a bit. Wow. And just, you know, checking in, you know, like I'd give her one layout and she'd be like, mm, yeah, no, you need to do, you know, like for instance, <laughs> the, I had to pay, you know, the pages that I have where you're tasting the different fruits and fruits yeah. and vegetables. Right. It was just bl- blank, you know, white table. She's like, oh, that should that should be a rainbow. I'm like, oh, smart thinking, duh. So <laughs> she gave me a lot of really good hints for how it will it's gonna make it pop for kids and yeah. be, you know. So I had my own little focus group, and then my son, he's the one who came up with the um, brave maze. And then at the last minute, he said, you know what? Let's add in a cha- we need to have another challenge. We need to have a dessert challenge where oh, kids are, yeah. uh, we're challenging them to eat only. They can't eat anything other than fruit for dessert for a whole week. Oh, so wow. that was his idea. And that was kind of a last minute ad. Um, yeah. Cause many times we'll do little challenges as a family, mm-hmm. like we'll give up, you know, TV or we'll give up sugar for a week or something like that. So right. he added that in and that's been really popular with the kids. So I just, one of my permaculture teachers, his name is Larry Santoyo. He talks about going out in the world and doing Epic. That's Epic. <laughs> <laughs> that is cool that you would that you would have your kids helping you do that. Right. Congratulations. Right. That I, well, I just you know, that I'm, makes I'm, me I'm, smile. There. <laughs> well, you know what? And they love it. And they love being a part of it. Yeah. And it's 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 been really really fun. So, how have you worked with kids in the book? Sure. So I teach yoga as an after-school program uh-huh. at my kids' school, and we have two classes. And we actually just wrapped up an eight-week session a oh, couple nice. weeks ago. And so because it's after school, the kids are hungry. So every I've always had a snack, but this time I decided the, the class theme was strong and healthy. Mm-hmm. And so our snack, I would... I got these little containers and I would bring a new fruit or vegetable each week. We use the pages from the book on them tracking what type of fruit and then what did it taste like? What did it feel like when you touched it? What did, you know, did you like it? And then, you know, and I tell you, these kids totally blew my mind because I was like, yeah, they're not, they're not going to go for this. But, you know, you'd have like five kids trying it and the other kids are like, "Ah, I'm not going to do it. And then they're like, well, wait, I'm kind of left out. Yeah, exactly. You you know, so they're like, oh, it's it's peer pressure in a good way. Yeah. And so, I mean, I maybe out of maybe each class, there would be one person that didn't try it, Mm -hmm. but typically they all ended up joining in and I did give them smelly Snickers. Those are still popular. Uh Um, you know, so I would put a smelly sticker beside, you know, the line item for them, but you know, they just, I didn't, there wasn't any pressure. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it worked out really well. And then I have soft activity cubes that go with a book. So I said, if you guys join me with the fruit challenge for dessert for a week, you get a cube. So I, out of an eight week session, I challenged them for one week. Well, little to my, little did I know, they come back and they're like, well, wait a minute. Can't we just do this every week? Oh, no. Like, so they came up like, with uh, that. I was like, absolutely. I that. <laughs> so, that sounds like a great success working with the yeah, kids. Yeah. So I just, I, you know, I was blown away. I had parents just, they're like, they're like, thank you for inspiring the kids. And, and the kids were pushing the parents because a lot of times what I was finding with the parents, like for instance, I had this little girl who, when we did peppers, 
she loved them. And her mom was like, you know, I don't like peppers. So I never oh. really introduced her, introduced uh-huh. her to them. And so after that, the little girl had a princess birthday party and she made her mom serve peppers at her birthday party. And I was like, I was like, you know what? <laughs> that, that makes me so happy. Yeah. That's success right there. Absolutely. So have your expectations been met with your book? Uh, they're just blown away, blown yeah. away. And, and, you know, it just came out in the spring and, you know, I've, I've only had one opportunity to work with a group of kids like that. So I'm excited about working with more kids and, you know, even, you know, teaching parents mm-hmm. too and other teachers how to incorporate this because, I mean, most activities, kids have snack. So this would be an easy way to incentivize oh, them yeah. and talk about it in a non-threatening way. Yeah. Fantastic. So what other projects are you currently working on? So I am actually have some additional things lined up mm-hmm. to work with, with the book. I, at a local vegan restaurant, I'm going to be doing a seminar on how to engage kids on healthy eating and this will be just to the parents so I'm mm, really excited about mm-hmm. that because like I said I really feel like this book is best used when you are doing it with an adult mm-hmm. because you know it's just a really a facilitation tool yeah. so I'm doing that coming up in July and then in August I'll be in New Jersey there's a garden club they actually kids actually planted a garden a couple weeks ago and so I'll bring in my book um, in August and we will mainly talk about fruits and and how you can get all the sugar you need from fruits Mm, um, mm -hmm. and you know using that as an alternative and I'm going to challenge them to do the the dessert challenge of just fruit as well cool so are you growing food at all I grow herbs and we have a be- we had a beautiful strawberry patch that just kind of went through its season. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. I live in Northern Virginia and uh, I, I'm, I'm, I am aspiring to do more. No, <laughs> I'm really good at the herbs and strawberries oh, right now. Yeah, yeah. Well, and the strawberries, I'm, I'm sure the kids just love those. Oh yeah. We, I mean, and they had, is right on the side of the house and one of the flower beds. And, you know, we even went and got the netting um, because birds were getting oh, in yes, them. We course. didn't want to put anything, yep. you know, on them. Um, so yeah, I mean, and the neighbors were like, what? <laughs> like, yeah, we have strawberries. So we were, we were feeding the whole neighborhood. We had so many. So it was great. Oh, it, was, nice. it was fantastic. You know, I found, over and over again, if you teach kids how to grow and they grow their own food, they're going to grow whatever they, or they're going to eat whatever they grow. Absolutely. And yeah. that's, yeah, I mean, we were eating strawberries and that, and even the herbs, I mean, I, I like to try different recipes with them and the kids get excited about that too. Mm-hmm. So Beautiful. So can you talk about a time you failed, how you overcame that failure and what you might have learned from it? Sure my son crying at the dinner table when I was trying to get him to eat Uh asparagus one night. Just, you know, he, it was like I was abusing him. He's crying. I almost cried. And I was like, I am such a failure. Mm. (laughs) Like, you know, and I, and, and what I learned from it was, 
you know, as a parent, I needed to do a better job and I needed a new strategy. And, and again, yeah. that was a lot of inspiration for me to write this book and to have a more fun and an empowering approach because I, I didn't, I didn't want any tears, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. this is food. It wasn't, you yeah. know, but I know a lot of parents go through this. So mm-hmm. I'm so, hoping this will be inspiring for other parents as well. Yeah. So a couple of strategies, you know, Really using it as variety and trying things, you know, so maybe they don't like broccoli this week, but maybe they'll like it next month. So Mm -hmm. instead of saying, oh, you know, my son doesn't like broccoli, you're like, well, you know what, let's just keep trying it. And what I found with him particularly and the kids that I've been working with Uh is just little small bite size to start. Because if you give them a huge portion of it, it's very (laughs) daunting, right? You're like, what? I have to eat all that? But if you give them a little bit and you're like, and Mm -hmm. you know, like once I changed my strategy with my son to the little bit, he was like, that's it. That's all I have to eat. And I'm like, yeah, that's it. And then he's now, he, he's loving, so his, his expansion on the types of fruits and vegetables he's eating now after I wrote the book than before is phenomenal. Oh my gosh, I'll bet. Yeah. So I, I, I just had this flash memory when you were sharing about, about <laughs> broccoli. Sure. And, you know, I was, I'm going to say mid-teens and I went over to a friend's house and broccoli wasn't something when I was a kid that mom liked so we didn't have it in the house right so I I, exactly so I go over to my friend's house and they plop down in front of me this you know plate of dinner food and there's this huge pile of broccoli sitting there (laughs) it's like as you know as a you know probably I don't know 15 16 year old I, I didn't not eat it Right. You know, but it was it was an experience. It was like my, my first experience with broccoli. And it's like, oh, OK, I'm going to choke this one down. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you're right. It was like this huge portion right. of it versus if, if they would have given you a few pieces, you yeah. probably would have been much happier to do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I love broccoli now, but, it, you know, it's just it was like, well, that's that's a sight. <laughs> exactly. So exactly. what do you consider your biggest success? My biggest success I would say how I have integrated everything that I love into what I do, not only from uh-huh. a professional perspective, because I do help, uh, I do run my brother's consulting business from an internal perspective, mm-hmm. but you know, I'm bringing health and wellness to that group. I'm really focused mm-hmm. on the culture. You know, I, so I'm bringing the same principles, not only from a corporate perspective to the, but to the kids that I work with and, you know, in my family and uh, you know about 6 years ago when I you know started going down the path of being a yoga teacher I thought it had to be either or mm. and one day I was like no you can do it you can bring it all together and you can serve such a larger you know group of people so I really do feel like that's a success because I'm extremely happy in what I do yeah. and my brother always is like you know just keep doing what you're doing because you're very inspired and it mm-hmm. only is making our company better mainly from a cultural perspective nice so one of the things that i've noticed in our conversation is how that you've integrated this notion of nutrition and food pretty much everywhere in your life yes yes so when you take it out to the world you're you know you're presenting that to the world in a particular way so that when people look at you they start to get it have you noticed that Absolutely. And, you know, then people are like, 
you know, they want, they want to hear more, right? And, oh, yeah. And, and, and my biggest thing is, is just baby steps, you know? Yeah. You just have to take one step at a time because yep. so many people that, you know, that I work with, that I speak with, you know, they have habits that they've, you know, cultivated for years and years and years. And mm-hmm. so you have to break it down into very small pieces and just make one change at a time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at like our company meetings, I do not allow soda. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Happening. How did like, that go over? Not so well, but now they know. And they don't, they're like, you know what? They're thankful. And I went to the extent of we had this like buffet and there were like soda machines just in the hotel. And I was like, put it, they don't put it out of service sign on that, please. And the people are looking at me like I'm crazy, but I'm like, no, I'm, I'm serious. Yeah. Please do. And they did. And <laughs> Wow. So all right, was tell our listeners about soda since you brought about it up. Soda. Oh my. Oh goodness. Oh, I know. If that's one thing that you give up today please yes. do oh just the amount of sugar how it impacts your body spiking your sugar levels in your body mm-hmm. it just it, it wrecks havoc for sure some something i read recently something like 60 plus percent of the sugar that we take in in our culture is from sugary drinks right i know yeah. i know it's um it's it's crazy so yeah. i figure you know what if if i can and, and that's even my employees when we work on wellness stuff. I'm like, you know what? My goal is for our whole company not to drink soda. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, and interestingly enough, I had dinner with a gentleman recently and uh, he owns a company with over 500 employees and it's mandatory that they don't smoke. Like you no, can't work there and smoke. And I love it. Yeah. I love it again for health reasons because they're these these things are you know so impact our health absolutely absolutely so what drives you what drives me i would say really empowering others to make healthy choices giving them the tools the resources that really jazzes me up and and Mm -hmm. you know i because i always learn from people as well so i i love you know, sharing what I've learned over the years. And, and I, you know, I love to tell people like, you know, just, just take it one, one day at a time. Mm -hmm. And I think that the way that I work, you know, in such small pieces, it's, it's very accessible. Yeah. So that, that, that really excites me. Yay. So I'm all about education and I have to know, is there one book that has, you know, significantly made a difference for you in your life? so many books and that was you know that's that's a hard question but for you know where I am right now in my life and you know being inspired to share more there is a book it's called soul soul to soul parenting um Mm. it's a guide to raising a spiritually conscious family oh my god it's by Annie Burnside and she really and I talked earlier about you know me kind of bringing all my worlds together Uh and I was unclear on how to bring more spirituality and things of that nature, you know, into my family unit. And this book really gave a lot of good examples um, on activities you can do as a as a family. There's lots of good resources for other books, songs, movies, things of things like that. And I just I really I've read the book a couple of times and I use it as a resource. It's it's on my desk. <laughs> oh, nice. That's that's the books I'm after from my right. From my guests. Yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. What is that one book that sits on your desk? 
Yeah. Nice. Nice. You know, you've mentioned a couple of times that you're a yoga teacher and you teach yoga to children. Um, what kind of yoga do you teach? Because my sweetie Heidi is a full-time yoga teacher. Okay. What, so, what type of yoga does she teach? Uh, Anyasara-based yoga. Okay. 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 So I, it's a bit of a mix, but I, uh-huh. my kids yoga training, um, was with radiant child yoga under, um, Shakta Khalsa and her main influence is Kundalini. Kundalini uh, yep. And a lot that. of those principles go over very well oh, with yeah. kids. Oh, so yes. I'd say it's, you know, very Kundalini, um, mm-hmm. focused for the kids. But then I'm also, I have my 500 hour certification. My 200 was in vinyasa and then Hatha for the rest. Oh, perfect. Um, with a 300 hour. So I have this mix and I really, um, use a lot of, interaction with the kids when Mm -hmm. I'm teaching them and so I may lead for a while and then I may have one of the kids come up and lead a series you know a series of maybe some poses that we're working on in their own way and I learned so much from the kids that's brilliant yeah it's I mean I tell you I mean and even this past uh, the kids were wrapping up school and they were having their end of year parties and I was volunteered to help and the teacher's like, oh, this project's not going to take long enough. And I was like, I'll do some yoga with them. So and it, they were doing butterflies. So we did butterfly po- poses. Uh-huh. And I oh. was just using regular yoga poses and naming them the different parts of the um, butterfly, mm-hmm. you know, going from a caterpillar to the cocoon. And oh yeah, and then allowing the kids to lead. And the teacher was just like, what? And I'm like, yeah, they love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So wow. I, I take this, you know, and, and I'm also... Um, one of the peop- those types of people where I pivot a lot, you mm-hmm. know, and um, I read where the kids are. And so oh, yes. not every class is the same. Oh, yeah. Perfect. 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 So what one final piece of advice do you have for our listeners? To take time for self-care. I mm. think that's a big one yeah. that many times we're so busy taking care of everybody else. But, you know, really cultivating a practice of taking time to do something for you each mm-hmm. and every day. Because that gives you more capacity. I know so many people are like, oh, I don't have time for me. I'm like, yes, you, you do. You do. <laughs> yeah. We have time for what's important to us. And we should be, you know, number one. Yeah. Um, so it's one of the things that gives me a huge amount of capacity to do all that I do. Fantastic. Well, I have to tell you, this has been a bright spot in my day. I love, you You, you know, you laugh a lot. And <laughs> I do. You're, you're a bright, yeah. So thank you. It's been a joy having you on the show and sharing your insights with us today, Carrie. Thank you so much for having me. I definitely appreciate this opportunity. Absolutely. So how can our listeners get a hold of you, find your books, uh, you know, just connect with you? Absolutely. You can visit my website, zendoway.com, and that is Z-E-N-D-O-W-A-Y.com. And all my contact information is there, my books, how you could work with me, and and I hope to uh, see people there. Perfect. And you, you had mentioned earlier in our pre-conversation that you have uh, a site for your book, and there's some things that people can download. Absolutely. So the website for the book is Does Not Grow Say No. And there are four different downloads from the book. So if oh. you're you know, not sure if it's something that you want to purchase, there's all the challenge sheets are on there, mm-hmm. um, as well as one of the sheets to, um, uh, for the, um, to 
prep you for the rainbow meal. Oh, so nice. that is does not grow, say no. And you can download some of the sheets directly from the book. Perfect. So it does not grow, say no.com. Yep. Perfect. 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 Well, that's it for today. Thanks for joining us on the Urban Farm Podcast. Do you want to save money at the grocery store, eat more organic whole foods, cultivate food security, and feel more connected to the earth? If so, then growing your own food is a no-brainer. You wouldn't believe how many people come to me claiming that they can't grow their own food. They think they don't have enough space, that they're too busy, or that they simply don't have what it takes. Perhaps you've fallen for one of these gardening myths. If you think you can't grow food, or if you think the only food that you have access to is what you buy in the grocery store, I have a life-changing webinar that you need to see. It's free and will help you unearth your inner gardener. I've helped thousands of people just like you learn to grow their own food, and I'm speaking from my own experience when I say that with the right knowledge in place, there is no such thing as a black thumb. With this webinar, you can begin making your garden dreams come true and start growing delicious, nutritious food for your family. Just text GARDEN to 44222 or go to IWantToGarden.com and you will receive our free webinar about the seven key factors you need to know to grow your own food. Remember, that's GARDEN to 44222 or IWantToGarden.com. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Urban Farm Podcast. Remember to listen three days a week for tips, advice, and resources to help you on your journey with urban farming. You can find us on the web at urbanfarm.org or send us an email to podcast at urbanfarm.org. In the words of Vincent Van Gogh, great things are done by a series of small things brought together. Be encouraged that with each lesson learned and skill developed, you are one step closer in the direction of your dreams. One of the first things that many of us learn when we start to garden is how to water and fertilize the soil. But there is an exception to this rule and it's called foliar feeding. You should foliar feed or water the leaves of your plant with liquid fertilizer when you want certain nutrients to be absorbed better. Not only are the leaves great at uptaking liquid fertilizer, if your soil isn't very good or your pH is off, foliar feeding can help your veggies and fruit trees quickly get the nutrients they need to thrive. If you're ready to start foliar feeding for maximum growth yields and quality, head on over to urbanfarm.org forward slash feed the leaves to see our selection of foliar feeding products. That's urbanfarm.org forward slash feed the leaves.